We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by University College at Washington University. With undergraduate and graduate programs, part-time, evening, and online. University College at Washington University, offering world-class education within reach. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh, and a Happy New Year to you all. Was losing weight one of your New Year's resolutions? Easier said than done for most. Ryan Freely lost more than 160 pounds. Also, the man who helped him do it, weight loss coach Charles D'Angelo. He's had uh, many celebrity clients and is the author of two books, Think and Grow Thin, and Inner Guru, a guide to mastering your health, wealth, and relationships from inside out. Gentlemen, welcome. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for having us. Let's start with your stories. Uh, Charles, I'll start with you to get the ball rolling here. Very quickly, uh, the synopsis version of what you were like as a young man and what brought you to where you are today. By the time I was 16, I was 360 pounds. I could barely make it up a flight of just four stairs. I wore a size 50-inch waist. So the bottom line is when my clients come in to see me, I always say there are two Charleses in front of them. There's a Charles you see here today, fit, energetic, charismatic, passionate, a person who has a certain sense of himself. And then there's that timid, bullied, ostracized young boy who was really missing out on life. Not because there wasn't a diet out there, an exercise program that worked, but really that there was something missing in everything else out there. I mean, I tried everything as a young person to take back control of my health from my habits. And I found that everything was lacking something. And what I say that everything's missing is the right mindset. How to disconnect from using food in an emotional way, reclaim your own power by developing inner trust, and then set forth on a fundamentally sound, healthful approach to eating, exercise, and really having a much better relationship with yourself. And it's now been almost 20 years coming up on that I've not only lost weight, but I've been successful in maintaining health, God willing, he continues to bless me with his grace, and I've been blessed to have the privilege of coaching so many others in their journey. And Brian is one of them. Brian, what is your story? 160 pounds, I mean, that's, right. that's a person. Exactly, yeah, yeah it feels like it. I feel, I feel <laughs> tremendous. Tell me about it. Well, I, um, I've been overweight for 15 years at least, and uh, m- my health just got out of control. I just, I, I lost control of, you know, watching what I ate. I had no exercise plan. And um, last October, I signed up for a backpacking trip with my son through Scouts. We're, we're supposed to go to New Mexico this coming summer. And, and what and was your weight then? I was, um, the day that I started with Charles, I was 388 pounds. That wow. was last January, that about last a year January. ago. Exactly. I, I had no idea what I weighed. You know, I just, I was afraid to step on a scale. I, I just, I knew that I had to do something. You so know, you're with just, your son, and I guess it was a difficult hike. Well, we haven't done it yet. Oh, but, oh. but I signed up for it, huh. and I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was 114 pounds above the, 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 the weight requirement, the maximum weight requirement to be able to go on the trip. So he wouldn't even have been able to enjoy that activity exactly. with his son right. if he didn't do something to really reclaim yeah. his health. So, so, so you went to Charles. Exactly. And, and what did this drill sergeant over here t- <laughs> we, <laughs> tell we, you to do? We set up a street, strategic plan. Um, where we, we had a, an exercise regimen, we had a diet in place, and I, I knew you know anybody could do the, the, the exercise and the diet, but I needed, I needed help with the, the mental aspect of it. You know, I, I've tried things throughout my life, nothing worked, but I needed something to help keep me going, keep me motivated, and that's what Charles helped me do. Charles, losing that amount of weight in that short period of time, I would think that that would have risks in and of itself, health risks. We never address the speed of weight loss. That never mm-hmm. comes up in even 
uh, any of the conversations I have with the clients. It's not about the scale. That's rather arbitrary, in fact. The real work, I always tell people my work's kind of a Trojan horse. They come in and they think the problem in their life is their weight. But the weight is really a symptom of a much bigger and deeper issue. That deeper issue being a certain dissatisfaction with themselves, a dissatisfaction with where they find themselves or perhaps a relationship. So it's eliminating the distraction that is weight as an excuse from really dealing with the more complex issue, which in many cases seems to be something around the idea of loving yourself, giving yourself attention, accepting yourself for who you are, appreciating yourself, showing your body the affection it deserves and making space for what you're feeling. So in Brian's case or anyone's case who comes in, whether they're wanting to lose 15, 20 pounds when they have 150 pounds to lose. It's not let's lose 150 pounds in the year. It's let's disconnect from being spontaneous with regard to our self-care. Let's embrace and uh, adopt some healthy, sound habits, eat every three hours. My plan is not a diet program. I am not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm a coach. So I help people look at where they are, admit to themselves that reality, accept that reality, and then say to themselves, with that being the case, with where I am, accepting full responsibility, not blaming yourself, but accepting responsibility for the condition of my life circumstances, how am I going to proceed forward? So it's not about the speed. It's all about having healthful, sound disciplines, habits, continuing with those, not just to that mark that you set for yourself as a goal. Because I say this is always a journey without a finish line. If you put a finish line on this, you're finished. If you look at this as something that once I get to my ideal weight or the healthy BMI that my doctor would suggest, and you think at that point, you can go back to having no regard for the consequences of your behaviors, you're going to be one of the many that we see in the statistics that return to their weight or even heavier. Brian, let's pick up on that if you would. How, obviously, it worked for you. It did. Uh, yeah. You lost all that it weight. It didn't work. He worked. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. But, but tell us how that all evolved over the last year. Uh, the plan specifically or uh, – well, Yeah, well the, well, the mental part of it, coming to the realization, as Charles has indicated here, uh, that uh, I, I you needed, know, had to change. I needed the structure. The structure behind the plan is what helped me. You know, not being spontaneous, like Charles said. You know, when, when, you, when you're spontaneous with food, that's when you add on these extra calories that you don't need. You know, by, for, so if, if we have a, a dietary plan where I know exactly what I'm going to eat, what the weight of that food is, and when I'm going to eat it, I need that structure in place. And the that trouble, way you don't think about it. And the trouble is there's so much out there about that very subject. So many people look at this as something they need to approach tactically. And I always tell people this program is not about tactics. Yes, you have to eat healthy. But if that's all you need, by all means, you can find hundreds of books on the subject, hundreds of videos on the Internet at absolutely no cost. But if that was the answer, I don't think Brian would have had his issue in the first place because we all know a Snickers bar is a lot less healthy than an apple, of course. Mm -hmm. But it's how do you get yourself to begin to trust yourself to take that leap of faith and begin to make those daily investments in your own health and care. I'm sure there are many people listening to the program who would have questions, specific questions for you gentlemen. 382-8255 is the number. That's 382-TALK. Send us an email at talk at stlpublicradio.org or send us a tweet at STL on air. Charles, let me come back to you on this, and then Brian, you can pick up on it. Um, 
you have your own strategies and you are a coach, as you say. Yes. What can people do without having to come to you? And I, you may not like me asking the no, question I, that I way. No, I very what much. What can it, I as an individual do uh, to lose weight basing, using your basic uh, concept? That's a fantastic and appropriate question, frankly, because I'm only one guy. And I am not the right fit for everybody. Uh, I always say that you have to find someone, if you're looking for someone to coach you, that you really feel a certain alliance with. I think that relationship that's developed between the helper and the person seeking uh, guidance is really the birthplace of transformation. For the person that doesn't seem ready or may not even feel that that's appropriate for where they are, that's fine. The first step in any change is to really get dissatisfied with yourself. You've got to look at your life, and there's always two ways a person changes, I say. Inspiration or desperation. So you've got to really be honest with yourself and take a cold, hard look at where you are today. And if nothing changes, the past is the best predictor of the future. And so ask yourself, if I've been headed in this direction for three, five, 10 years, and I don't make any changes today, what can I expect for my life and for the quality of my relationships a year from now, three years from now, five years from now? That in itself can shake you out of that stagnation, that place where people aren't really quite ready to make the changes necessary, or they're scared to. When you really turn fear in on itself, when you ask yourself, yes, I'm, I'm afraid, or you admit to yourself, I'm afraid of taking the leap of faith and making some changes, but you over or supersede that with how much more afraid you are of the idea of not changing, that can get you activated, much like a coach could, to start to take the appropriate actions in the direction you deserve to. Want to pick up on that, Veronica? Well, I, I agree with that. I, you know, by the time I was ready to make the commitment, and, and for, for me, it was out of desperation, right? So by the time, so I signed up for this hike, like I, like I told you about. It, it, it took me two months to, to, to really commit to myself to make a change, to make that, the, the, the change that I needed to make. That's when I called Charles. But it, it, when I made that commitment to myself, I knew I was ready for a lifestyle change. You know, I was ready to do whatever it took. I was ready to do whatever he told me to do to make this work. Had you tried to lose weight before? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, you know, it, 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 if I relied on just my own self and it just the timing wasn't right or whatever, I always had excuses. And know? sometimes this, that very issue, Don, that you mentioned about a person that doesn't want help. It's kind of, I had a client, a priest, I think you've met him, uh, Father Ted Vitale, who lost 75 pounds. I think you had him mm -hmm. on the show a couple years ago. He not only lost 75 pounds when he was nearly 70 years old, he's kept it off over 10 years. And he uses the metaphor of AA. He looks at it much in the same way, that you have to have a connection with something bigger than yourself, whether that be a sponsor. Of course, we need a higher power of some sort, but it doesn't have to necessarily be theistic. It could be nature, poetry, music, whatever. But you've got to find something bigger than yourself, and you have to be willing to recognize and call yourself on the BS belief systems that are holding you back. And once you, you get clear on those things, you can start to change them. Brian, what do you eat? What, how do you exercise? What, what is your, your, your regimen now? We have cut back on the exercise. I wake up, and the first thing I do in the, in the morning is I get on the treadmill. Uh, at this point, I'm doing 45 minutes, a slight incline, and then uh, I start my day off with a protein shake. Um, we do... Uh, uh, Don't forget your cereal. I do, I do a little cereal <laughs> with my protein shake. I do almonds mid-morning or fruit, fruit, yeah. fruit now, um, a turkey sandwich at lunch with or a, salad or a bag of baked lays. Um, in the afternoon, I do um, uh, yogurt. And then evening is chicken and broccoli. 
Charles, Charles then, said something earlier about eating every three hours. Yeah, yeah, that's it, it's so. That sounds counterintuitive. It's, it, it works. It, it's filling. Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 not hungry. So many people have this misconception that they have to eat less to lose more. And again, you don't want to look at this as trying to lose anything. You want to let it be something that you're releasing, you're letting go of. And often the chains of a person's past are the very things keeping them shackled to the habits that they've been using to console themselves from the feelings they've had or distract themselves from those feelings. So I want to reiterate to you listening to this that it's not about the food. If it was about the food, you wouldn't have the issue that you're having. The whole notion of trying is something that I don't agree with at all. You either do something or you don't do it. So the people that say I've tried something really are saying I do something until I feel more comfortable or until I feel bored or whatever the issue is. And that's where it's really important to have someone on the outside. It could be someone in your life. It's, it's difficult to have a friend or a spouse do what a coach is intended to do because I have to trust in the relationship I have with the client enough to be able to tell that person what they need to hear even if it's, what it's, if it's not what they want to hear. And that's why dual relationships, being a friend or being a spouse and trying to be a coach, most often prove to be unfortunate and very ineffective. Let's take a call. We've got Keith who wants to join us. He's in St. Louis. Keith, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, Keith. I, uh, I, uh, about two, a little over two years ago, I was up to 430 pounds. And when I was younger, in my 20s, I'm 39 now. Like, I was 10, and I was athletic, and I played lacrosse in college. And mine was, my weight gain was definitely just towards a bad lifestyle of mm-hmm. uh, alcohol and bad food. Um, what caused that, de- Keith? De- depression, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so it had a lot to do with your emotions, you're saying? Absolutely. Like, my father passed away when I was 9, oh, and sorry then I was like a chubby... Uh, I don't think it was your fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a chubby kid, and then when I got to high school, I was started getting you know made fun of and worked hard to lose weight then, and and you know and got in really good shape. And then my mother passed away when I was twenty one. Oh wow! And I uh, you know just went straight back to you know went straight to alcohol and not really caring very much about how I looked. Well, it sounds like you kind of gave up on yourself and started consoling yourself with the very substances that were exacerbating the problem or distracting yourself from the problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just filling, filling that, filling that hole with, you know, booze and food. And then when I moved to St. Louis and uh, I met my, my better half now, my, my longtime girlfriend, you know, she helped me, uh, like you were talking about earlier, you know, being someone to, to count on and be supportive and never in a negative way, always a positive way. Be loving to you, That's in other yeah. words. Yeah. Keith, thank you Congratulations. so much. Congratulations. Sounds like uh, he so pretty much, much followed uh, your advice uh, <laughs> uh, on his own there. <laughs> Brian, what were you eating before you uh, got on this uh, latest Anything regimen? I wanted. You, you mean before I started with Charles? Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't matter. I, it was, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have any self-control. I didn't. I didn't. Really, it's not that you didn't have it. You just weren't I, exercising. I weren't it. exercising it, right? You know, and it, it was it, whatever I wanted. I ate without, you know. It, I, I would, 
you know, and then I think I could I would balance it with a diet soda or a salad every once in a while. But it, I did I just didn't really have control of my. my eating I, I overheard you talking in the green room with uh, someone in there. Someone said, uh, "What about alcohol?" And you said, "Uh uh-uh. uh." No. Tell no. me tell tell me about that, and then Charles will talk about alcohol and weight loss. I I casually drank beforehand. Um, since I started with Charles, I haven't had any anything to drink at all, mm. and um, I, I don't miss it. No, it, it, it's, uh, it, if anything, I feel like a better person for not having alcohol. You know, it, uh, it was never a problem for me, though, in my life. Do you recommend it, stopping drinking, no casual or otherwise moderate? I don't think there's any generality about it that <clears throat> I, I would say in specific. I would say it this way. I think that everything in moderation is appropriate when you have a healthy relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Keith, the caller, was hinting at something that's very important, I think I, I point out, and that is in our culture today, we have a reluctance, a reluctance to let ourselves experience grief. We don't let ourselves feel sad. We think that if something's negative, we shouldn't feel it. Uh, we try to numb ourselves. We try to pacify ourselves, and we do it in a number of ways. And I think until and unless you've made enough room in yourself to allow yourself to have the full range of emotion that every human should have, uh, a certain room for sadness, a certain room for anger, and anger is not abuse, mm-hmm. a certain room for feeling afraid, and a certain room for being happy and joyful. I think until you've really done that type of work, you've made space so that you've disconnected from the things that really occupy that room, it would be very inappropriate to do that. So I think once a person's established a much healthier relationship with themselves, then they themselves have to ask themselves if they're ready for Mm -hmm. having those things in their life. But that's a decision I leave to my client. Once I can see it's quite clear, no longer is there such an emotional charge to those behaviors that were really complicating their life. We have a couple of questions, email questions here. Uh, is it generally easier for men to lose weight than for women? <laughs> you deal with both. I, I think you have to ask yourself, what do you mean by easier? I think that the issue is the same for everyone. That is, if you're using food in the way that most of my clients tend to be, it's difficult for everyone. And difficult in the sense, not as difficult in you're hungry, but difficult in the sense that when you do something new, it feels kind of foreign. Think about when you learn to drive a car. Everything is new and feels complicated until it becomes habit. That's why once we set up a plan, I ask my clients to continue with whatever that plan is for a period of time so they kind of get in their nervous system until it's hardwired so no longer is there so much effort they have to put into thinking about it. Ryan, I'll turn this question over to you. Uh, Any tips for satisfying a craving while keeping on track? I'll I'll bet you have them from time to time. Yeah, if I had any hunger pains, I I would drink a lot of water. You know, and I was able, by doing this, I was able to identify the difference between, you know, in my mind thinking maybe I'm hungry versus thirst, you know, it, it, and that was something I had to learn over time. And hunger is not a bad thing in the sense of getting ready for a meal. Hunger is telling you your metabolism is very healthy and active. Yeah. How about, uh, how about fasting from time to time for a day, 24 hours? You know, I'm not a dietitian, so mm-hmm. I don't really speak on specifics like that, but I can say that mm-hmm. I haven't seen that prove to be unhealthy. In fact, most religious traditions, all of them, recommend taking time to let your body yeah. recover and rest in such a way. Yeah, only two minutes left, and uh, you know, you, one of the things that uh, you always hear about with regard to weight loss programs that people lose weight and then it comes back. All of it, and I am the first to say, as I said earlier, if you <clears> think <throat> that you can put a finish line on this, you're going to be really disappointed. This is something that's a perpetual journey. It's part of what I would call self-work. And for some people, it's food. 
For other people, it's alcohol. For some people, it's gambling. For some people, it's sex. For some people, it's work and achievement. Some people are trying to find a a sense of fulfillment through all these different vehicles. And I believe the only vehicle to getting those things, that sense in your life is a relationship with yourself that's healthy. So you've got to clear your life up in such a way and, and do the work on yourself that allows for you to eventually have the capacity to have those good feelings. Brian, uh, we only have uh, a minute left. Is this something that you worry about? Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I'm confident I can get, I can make this a lifestyle. Thing. Stay conscious. Make sure that you're monitoring yourself. And the one thing as we close up is draw a line in the sand. If you want to know what the secret is to all the people on the National Weight Loss Registry, myself included, I'm not on that registry, but a person that's kept their weight down, you draw a line in the sand and you tell yourself, if I ever cross that line, no matter what my story for cross that line, I will immediately take whatever action I need to take to get back in the range that's appropriate for me. And as long as you do that and weigh, in your, weigh yourself in as frequently as necessary so you feel you have control over it, I am absolutely sure you have the power to be successful. 30 seconds left, uh, Brian. Your best advice to someone who wants to lose weight. Once you realize that you're ready to make a change and learn how to love yourself again, every, all your relationships in your life will benefit. And it certainly has benefited you. Exactly. Changed your life. Exactly. How does your family react? Oh, everybody's ecstatic. It's it's, it's tremendous. I'll bet they are. Thank you so much, Charles D'Angelo. Great to see you again. Great to see you. Great to see you. Congratulations on what you've accomplished. It's quite a story. And I hope we uh, inspired a lot of people today to start start thinking more seriously about this. Thank you, guys. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.